occurred exactly a year ago after Ronnell Foster. Wouldn't it have been nice if the Vallejo Police Department had dealt with Ryan McMahon in 2017? Willie McCoy might very well still be here. Maybe. I don't know. There were five other officers there that were involved in that 56 rounds that they pumped into Willie McCoy's car, so maybe not so much. But nonetheless, Ryan McMahon, you know, he was involved in a variety of things that made uh, social media videos where he's walking up on people on the porch and telling them to come here because he wanted to talk to them, and when they don't, he yanks them off and beats the shit out of them. That is Ryan McMahon. So he's gone. He may, um, you know, rear his head on another police department somewhere near you. Be careful. Over in Clayton County, Georgia, uh, Sheriff's Department fired the police officer, and I don't know his name, who was involved in the beating of Roderick Walker. Roderick Walker was the young man who was in the Uber, or I think it was a Lyft. He was a passenger. Officer pulled him over, wanted to talk to the driver. Driver didn't have ID, and then he decided, hmm, black man in the back seat. What's wrong with him? And so Roderick is like, I'm a passenger. Why are you messing with me? And that was just one question too many, I guess. So the officer beat him out and um, showed him why he was messing with him rather than telling him. And it looks like from the booking photos, because you have to get booked when you get beat, Roderick sustained some pretty significant injuries. Well, the officer was fired, and according to the Clayton County Sheriff's Office, they said that the deputy um, was terminated for excessive use of force once they saw the video of him pinning and punching Roderick. Uh, Walker. So that's that's that portion. The other thing that I wanted to share with you is I just had an opportunity over the last few days to see the documentary on the Laquan McDonald shooting, and it's called 16 Shots. If you do a little search on your TV venue, you might find where it's showing again. And if you haven't seen it, it was really interesting. And this this uh, documentary, again, speaks to police officers, police commissioners, um, mayors, Rahm Emanuel, who uh, go to great lengths to keep stuff out of the public venue, right? This happened in 2014, November 2014, when uh, Jason Van Dyke was the officer who shot and killed 17-year-old LaFon McDonald. And what ultimately happened is that they lied. The officers who were there on scene lied. They said that Laquan McDonald, even the police chief at the time, and of course the head of the FOP, all um, were speaking um, about this incident. And what they said was that Laquan had this knife in his hand and that he was being aggressive. And I think they wanted to say he was under the influence of drugs. All of that could be true, but he wasn't being aggressive. He did have a knife. But when you see the video, you understand why Laquan, um, why Jason Van Dyke was ultimately found guilty on all counts. He was found guilty for second-degree murder, as well as 16 counts of aggravated battery, and that was for every round that he fired at Laquan that hit him. 16 shots. Now, what was ultimately said by the department is that, uh, and I'm talking um, Chicago again, what was ultimately said in 2014 is that Laquan 
was walking down the street and then he lunged at the officers with this knife. And of course, Jason Van Dyke was in fear for his life, so he had to return fire. This guy's got a knife. You can you can kill somebody with a knife. What what you see on the video, if you watch the documentary, 16 Shots, is that you see Laquan walking down the street. You see a black and white vehicle come up behind him, pass him, pull in front of him a few feet. And so he's walking in the direction that the car is, but he's not walking to the car. He's walking down the center of the street. The police vehicle is kind of off to the left of Laquan. He's not turning in their direction or really paying them much attention other than he's walking in the direction that the car has now stopped. And then you see Jason Van Dyke get out of the car, and I think they said within six to eight seconds he fires um, 16 shots in 15 seconds. So in other words, he emptied his clip. He, he shot every bullet that was in his gun, a bullet a second. And then they said that, you know, Laquan had charged them and blah, blah, blah. And now we know that every officer that was there that was uh, lied about what actually happened. And, and, and we know that uh, the mayor had a chance to see the video. We know that the district attorney at the time, I believe her name was Anita Alvarez. Yeah, Anita Alvarez. She had a chance to see the video. And all of them pretended like Laquan was the bad guy here and that Jason Van Dyke was legitimately in fear for his life. And then, of course, once they realized that this video was about to come out, they were like, ooh, we, <laughs> you know, we have stalled as long as we can, but this thing is about to hit ahead because folks, attorneys were requesting through FOIA and other um, places the video. They wanted to see the video. And once they realized that it's about to bust, Rahm Emanuel decided, you know what, I'm not even running for mayor no more. I'm, I'm out of here. And then we know that Kim Fox wound up replacing Anita Alvarez as the state attorney general because of her shenanigans involved in that. And what also happened during that time is that the family was giving a settlement, a civil settlement. I think the family was given $5 million. The family was given $5 million because they're like, this is bad. Much like the Breonna Taylor case, anytime there's a civil settlement, the reason that cities settle is because they know if they take this thing to court, it's going to be all bad. And so let's just cut our losses and let's, let's offer some money that the family will accept. We can get them to go away. We can buy their silence because with that civil settlement comes, so you're not going to talk about this no more. This is over. You're going to take your money and you'll be glad versus if they went to court, a jury could look at the facts of the case and say, oh my God, rather than $5 million to the family of Laquan McDonald, we're going to give you $75 million. And so they cut their losses by offering some money to make the family go away. And they did this in the case of Laquan McDonald, and they did it within about six months. They did it fairly quickly when they realized this is bad. We're not going to be able to keep the information to ourselves and let's settle and get this family out of our hair. I kind of feel like the same thing the family did with Breonna Taylor because now that that family has accepted $12 million, how do you demand criminal charges against the officers, the officer who uh, is facing liability? And, and it's just Brett, right? And we know he's not facing liability for Breonna. He's facing liability because of the neighbor. How do you get a do-over in terms of Sergeant Mattingly and Detective Cosgrove, the, the officers who were at the front door, 
the officers who shot Brianna, now they say they don't know which one's bullet killed her. They can figure it out if they wanted to. But nonetheless, the family's got $12 million, and I believe that they have no, no leverage to compel the department to, to do anything different. Cameron is um, the attorney general over there. He could appoint a second special prosecutor to look at Coving, um, Cosgrove and Mattingly. I don't think he will because that means he's going to be inferring that he did something wrong and somehow um, this new uh, prosecutor is going to second guess him. So I don't see him appointing anyone over him to look at those two. So I think it's a done deal. And I'm just thinking, what was the rush? You know, what if you waited a few months or a few weeks or a few days before you accept that money to get that criminal conviction that you so rightly deserve for the death of your loved one? But this is what municipalities do. This is what police departments do. This is what administrators, this is what politicians, this is what mayors do to prevent you from knowing what's really going on. And so if you haven't had an opportunity to see 16 Shots, the documentary, it goes into great detail about how persistent the activists were on the ground there and how successful their persistence wound up paying off, if you will, in that they were able to get a, a criminal conviction, but then, you know, at the, at the last minute, they got a damn slap in the face. Okay, so we're going to convict Jason Van Dyke, all 16 counts for every bullet, and convict him of second-degree murder. But then the judge decides, okay, so when it gets time for the penalty sentencing, the judge didn't even include the 16 counts of aggravated assault, aggravated battery for each bullet. The judge ultimately sentenced Jason Van Dyke on the second-degree murder only. And because that was the only thing that the judge considered when he was the one who gave the sentence, he gave him six years. Six years state. So that means Jason Van Dyke conceivably could be out of jail in three years. That was 2017 family. He could be getting out any minute. He could be getting out any minute. He could be out for all we know. This happened um, in November of 2014, the shooting. He went to jail in November, I mean, sometime in 2017. He could be out, and we don't even know. I'm just saying. So, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. It's a lot to keep up with. And, you know, on the heels of Jonathan Price being shot just a week ago, I'm not encouraged that um, there's an appetite for these police departments, any of them, to do anything different, and so it's incumbent upon all of you who are, are watching to not get lulled into a false sense of security, to not get distracted, to remain singularly focused on justice, on accountability when you talk about police reform, and to make sure that when you have an opportunity to ask a question, you ask the right ones. If you have an opportunity to write a letter on behalf of one of these family members who are still dealing, waiting, asking for justice in the name of their loved one that you do something to help if you can sometimes it's just a, a letter an email that costs you nothing but a little bit of time and you know but for the grace of god there go i for you and so um, certainly you would want that kind of support if you found yourself similarly situated so i just wanted to um 
share that with you with regards to, you know, just how crafty these police chiefs are and um, to what lengths they will go to to keep information from you, to what lengths they will go to to craft a narrative um, that has nothing to do with the evidence, with body cam footage, with statements of witnesses, to exclude witnesses uh, and present only those that um, support their narrative, to um, the lengths that they will go to um, to dirty up a victim, to accuse them of all sorts of things that they can't speak to because they're not here, to refute their version of the events that led up to the deadly use of force because, again, they're not here. And so for those of you who are listening, should you find yourself similarly situated in an encounter with a police officer, what I say is comply, survive the encounter. The goal is to go home. And if you need to create a paper trail, if you need to get a good attorney, then you do all that after the fact. But these folks have no problem killing us. They have no problem giving your family money after the fact. It's not their money. And they will continue to do that unless and until you start putting people in places of position and authority who value the same kinds of things you value, who have an appetite for real police reform, for real transparency, for real accountability. And so we're days away from an election. Um, certainly there are some important down ballot folks to look at here in Los Angeles. We have DA Jackie Lacey, who's running um, against George Gascon for um, district attorney. George Gascon is a former LAPD command staff officer. And of course, the police department is not supporting him because he wants to bring about some modicum of reform. Jackie Lacey reportedly has received over $3.2 million from police unions across the entire state of California. At least $1.2 million was put into her campaign by our LAPD police union, the Los Angeles Police Protective League. And so you understand why police unions want Jackie Lacey. She hasn't prosecuted a police officer in the history of ever. Well, let me take that back because she is prosecuting a police officer from the Hollenbeck Police Station who beat up um, Richard Castillo, a homeless man over in East L.A. because her political career is on the line. But prior to that, she hadn't prosecuted a police officer for anything, even when our police chief back in the day, Charlie Beck, had offered up a police officer, a black man, but a police officer nonetheless for prosecution. And even when Charlie Beck said, hey, Jackie, I want you to prosecute this one, she was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. So now she's fighting for her political career. She's offered up the officer uh, from Hollenbeck Division who beat Richard Castillo. And she's also um, stepping aside right now in the fatal police shooting of a Hispanic guy by the name of Daniel Hernandez, who was shot by LAPD officer Tony McBride. The reason Jackie Lacey's office is stepping aside and letting the California State Attorney General investigate that deadly use of force is because Tony McBride is the spawn of LAPD Police Protective League Director Jamie McBride, the same Los Angeles Police Protective League who put $1.2 million into Jackie Lacey's campaign. So 
interest to me. And that's one of the things that, you know, when you guys are talking to folks about police reform, you ought to see what you can do to stop police unions from contributing massive amounts of money to prosecutors. You understand why prosecutors don't want to prosecute police officers, or if they do, they do it half-heartedly because police unions have given them millions and millions of dollars in support of their election or re-election. So if you know this, then you'll know what to ask. So having said that, um, I'm going to step away. (laughs) That was a lot. That was a lot. And, um, you know, you didn't see me last week because every now and again, kinfolk, I have to just have like a mental health cleansing, right? I got to step away. I got to take a deep breath. I have to, um, yeah, be good to me. So sadly, police are the gift that keep on giving. I'll, when I see you next week, if I come back next week, I'll probably have more to say or at least update you. Maybe there won't be anything more to say. Um, maybe I'll just update you on some things that are continuing to go on behind the scenes that no one is paying attention to because little Tink Tink is soaking up all the oxygen out of the air. But um, I wanted to update you. Take a look at the documentary, 16 Shots. It's really good. It's really informative. And when you're watching 16 Shots, just know that what you're seeing go on by those politicians, the mayor, the police chief, um, is not unique to Chicago. This is how they get down. This is what happens across many of the 18,000 different police departments that exist in the U.S. of good old A. So that's that family. Um, For those of you who may have an interest um, in my t-shirt collection, you can go to my, um, you can go to my website, um, Sergeant Dorsey Speaks. No, you can go to my website, Sergeant SGT Cheryl Dorsey, is the website where you can go and you can order. Not only do I have t-shirts, but I also have hoodies and I have them in different colors. So you can uh, do that there. And for those of you who are waiting on your order, I promise you, I promise you, I'm going to see the t-shirt fairy tonight. That's one of the reasons why I need to get off this phone is because I'm headed to see the t-shirt fairy and I will um, be picking up my inventory. So, um, I'll share here in the link with you the uh, place where you can go and order it. And I don't have, you don't have to worry about Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, all that stuff anymore. You can um, send me your size, your mailing address, your color choice, all through the um, website, sgtsherldorsey.com. And when you go there, just click on the tab for shirts or I can pull this up. I will give it to you here. You can click on this link that I'm going to give you. And um, I appreciate your support. And also, while you're there, you can check out my um, autobiography. For those of you who are not familiar, who are new to my channel, Sergeant Dorsey. I'm multitasking. Hang on. For those of you who are not who are new to my channel, um, my autobiography. Black and Blue, The Creation of a Social Advocate, Uh, you can read the first chapter on my website. So um, do that. It talks about my 20-year LAPD career, 
as well as shenanigans that I was involved in, witness to, and um, a lot of what I do here with you, which is, you know, talk to you about ways in which you might survive police encounters. I do all that in my autobiography, so um, check it out. And um, before I go, I'll just quickly, before I go, I will just quickly take a look at a couple of um, comments and see if I can respond to you. Let's give me a second here. Okay, so here's the link for the um, shirts and hoodies. For anybody who has an interest, there's that. And um, let me see. Thank you to Bonnie, Jamie, Mose, Black Lion. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you to my barbershop family for um, coming through and um, spending yet another night with me. I may have an opportunity to see some of you um, tonight in the barbershop. For anybody who doesn't know, um, I do the barbershop conversations every Wednesday night with my BFF Fred. Tonight at 9 o'clock, if you have an opportunity and you're not doing anything, Come on back to the Barbershop, 9 p.m. Pacific, uh, here on YouTube, Barbershop Conversations. Fred is going to be talking to Holly Mitchell, who is running for a Senate, no, not Senate seat. She's running for the Board of Supervisors in Los Angeles. So if you would like to um, ask Holly some questions about quality of life issues, you can do just that tonight in Barbershop Conversations here on YouTube. So. I'm going to stick my head in. I may have a question or two, but I'll slide over to Fred because I wanted to, to sit in, uh, but, but her manager wouldn't let me. So they know what I'm capable of. They wouldn't let me sit in. But if I need to come and slide a little piece of paper over to Fred and tell him to um, ask her this, ask her that, because should she become successful in being elected to the Board of Supervisors, for those of you who don't know, the Board of Supervisors, one of their responsibilities is the LA County Sheriff's Department and you already know LA County Sheriff's Department is off the chain and so what I want to know is Holly what are you going to do about Sheriff Alex Villanueva and those 17 different internal gangs that he has there on his department you know the Vikings the executioners the regulators the 3,000 boys the 2,000 boys I want to know um, is anybody going to rein them in, or are they just going to continue to roam free and um, do that thing that they do so well? I want to know if Sheriff Alex Villanueva, has anybody seen his leg? Because that's where they say they get these tattoos. I want to I want to have somebody pull his pants leg up and just take a look and see what kind of tats he has. Because we know that the undersheriff, Paul Tanaka, was reportedly a Viking out of the Linwood station when he was over there. So... I just want to know what Holly is going to do, if she can, as a brand new member to the Board of Supervisors, should she be successful in her election. It'd be nice to know if she's going to take a stand. If you get a chance, ask her. I'll see you guys in the barbershop tonight at 9. See the rest of you kinfolk next week. Tell their family, be good, be safe. Yeah. That's the way we roll in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, she told you exactly, exactly the way it is here on the West Coast. And she is a retired LAPD sergeant. But some of us are brave. That's all I can tell you. Some of us have backbones and... If you want to know, we have no problems, no problems helping you to know. Okay, thanks so much again for listening and visiting this show, for supporting it and telling others about it. And until the next time, stay safe, stay well.